So, uh, <clears throat> I, was, I was reading some statistics. Isn't that exciting? Uh, uh, and it was about you know the number of social interactions as I'm, you know looking forward to restrictions ending and all that sort of stuff. When you looked at this is from uh, Aust Aust Office of National Statistics for the UK. Um, so in the peak periods of lockdown, which went on for months, um, then there was 80% of the adult population had no contact, zero contact of any substance with anybody outside of their bubble. 80% of the adult that was over 18s, and school-age kids, when the schools were in lockdown, they were about 70%, had zero contacts outside of their bubbles. Now, I'm sure some people were lying by saying, oh, of course, no, I've not met anybody, and all that, so especially, you know, maybe some of the kids. But as a roughly right picture, the vast majority of our population has gone through months of zero meaningful contact with people outside of their direct bubbles and for some people their direct bubbles have been tiny if not approximating to zero <clears throat> there's a huge deficit in our socializing that we would treat as normal um, and it you know in my workplace not be true for your for lots of your workplaces um, so you know even in places that have been really busy and been full on and back on, the social interaction piece has been really suppressed and crushed. Even if you're you know, working uh, in a sort of like a, a front-facing key worker roles and all that sort of stuff, the social interaction side is still being robbed. So we're, we're sat here with a gaping hole in our social bank accounts. And the opportunity for putting that right is just around the corner. Woohoo! So, uh, like with my work teams, so my uh, uh, direct manage management team uh, then uh, can't take them all out for restaurants and all that, because that's, you know, two households, all that sort of stuff. So uh, we had, um, on last Friday, um, had them all round to, uh, to my place, our place, uh, sat outside in the garden in a sunny afternoon. So come round for lunch, uh, and we're just going to have a really long lunch together, sat outside. And it was lovely, absolutely lovely. And I've been saying to all my teams, you've got to, as this lockdown ends, you've got to invest in the social interaction bank account and build that up. So I've been saying to my people, use your work hours paid hours to go and sit in pub gardens with your teams and actually just reinvest in your... Uh, Paul's sat behind the curtain going, yes, want to work for Smith and Nephew. Uh, <coughs> uh, uh, and I'm saying that because uh, it is so important that we reinvest in our trusting and engaging and interaction with each other. And I want to say to us as a part of Revive Church, because clearly it's not everybody here, we need to lean into when all this stuff ends. Now, it's not going to end-end, but there's a phase of this that's going to end, and we're going to have a, a, a period that hopefully doesn't have an end where our social interactions are allowed to start again. Now, we're all sat in different places of health and age and all the rest of it, so you need to make your own judgments and calls on these things. But broadly we are going to be able to expand the number of social interactions we have. And my encouragement to you this morning is, there is power in meeting when Christians come together. Amen? My work friends, I'm saying you need to invest in that for just normal health reasons and trust reasons in work. We'll work better together as we, as we reinvest in our relationships with each other. That's just in a normal human society point of view. But in a Christian context, there is so much more 
that comes out of meeting together, isn't there? There there is a, a sacrament, there's a sacredness to fellowship that you don't get through a Zoom call. And, you know, we've appreciated Zoom calls and all that sort of stuff, but broadly I loathe them. Uh, uh, And I am so much looking forward to that time, which is just around the corner, where we can invest in meeting together. Because the Holy Spirit is in me, and the Holy Spirit is in you, Steve Finity. Should I pick on the Finities this morning? Right. (coughs) Stephen and A. So if you don't know Stephen and A, Stephen and A over over there. So when Steve and I meet, the Holy Spirit in me meets with the Holy Spirit in Steve. And Steve's manifestation, I can't contain the whole of God. Did you know that? You can't contain the whole of God. So there's a a poor representation, a limited through a mirror darkly representation of the Holy Spirit in me. The same in Steve. But actually when we come together, that doubles Um, simple maths. Um, And you could even go to two or put 10,000 to a flight. There's something super supernatural happens when two Christians come together that is so much more than just two friends meeting. Amen? We are going to go through, as a church, a phase of that deficit is going to swing into an excess. Amen? Because we're going to overdo it, aren't we? And it's going to be fabulous. And we're going to be, we're all going around to Stephen Stephen and A's house. Uh, uh, they do amazing barbecues. Uh, and uh, I'll give you the, their address at the end of the, end, <laughs> end of the service. <clears throat> so this power in the meeting of together. Now Hebrews 10, uh, verse 19 to 25. This is the obvious one. Therefore, brothers and sisters, uh, let's not, let us, con- well, I'll take the end a bit. Uh, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Um, and that's the bit that normally we talk about, you know, in the sense of, you know, don't stop going to church. It's not just that. It's actually don't give up the habit of meeting together. Because it's not good. And there's a basic principle in this bit in Hebrews that says, actually, there's a huge encouragement. Because did you know there's a spiritual gift of encouragement? And we have that to one another. So there's something supernatural that happens that I supernaturally encourage Steve. And Steve supernaturally encourages me just by meeting together. We haven't said any great words of wisdom to each other. We haven't done this or that or the other. I haven't ordained him with, you know, a bucket of oil and, uh, and, and a pile of holy water and done this, that and the other and, and covered him in, in, in uh, garments of that. and the other. I haven't done anything. I've just met with him. And there is a supernatural encouragement, his spirit to my spirit, his deep to my deep that happens. That's what says, it says here. And at the beginning of Hebrews 19, that 10 verse 19, we have confidence to enter the most holy place. So this is the context of why I need encouraging. I need encouraging to have confidence that I am secure behind the curtain, that I I am already in the holy place, no barriers between me and my father. I need encouraging in that. Steve's my minister who will give me that encouragement. I have a new and living way opened us through the curtain that is the body here. I have a great high priest who really cares for me. I need encouraging in that. I need encouraging to draw near to God is what it says next. With a sincere heart and full assurance, I need encouraging from Steve. Now he doesn't know all this. He's just going to turn up and encourage me. 
He doesn't need to know the theology of this Hebrews bit. It's just going to happen. By us meeting together, he is going to encourage me in all these things that life is okay and God is with me and God is for me and that he is going to give me assurance in my heart by just turning up. Didn't know you could do all that stuff, did you? Genesis, uh, and it's not good for Adam to be on his own. He had millions of pets. He had super close intimacy with God. An amazing garden. I absolutely bet it had a heated pool and a jacuzzi. And it would have a swim-up bar. Uh, uh, And despite all that, he needed connection. And it wasn't he said that. It was God that said that. God said... He was the one that said it was to be super healthy for you, Adam, if you had somebody else to really connect with in a way that I can't do it for you. It was, was, you know, an amazing thought. God said, you need something that I can't give you, and that is actually through a person, through a person. God ordained it that we should be in fellowship. In the early church, in Acts chapter 2, from verse 42 to 47, Take the middle of that little bit first. Um, All the believers were together. Now, the early church, you know, they were just having miracles, signs and wonders, revival. uh, Everything was just amazing. uh, Huge favor going around. It was just brilliant. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. Um, I'm not suggesting this bit, um, but you'll get the spirit of it. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone had, had in need. Uh, they chucked their money into the, the ashtray in the, in the bar and they just shared the bill. Is the spirit of it. Uh, and then you can go take it further and, if you want to. Um, <clears throat> and they, had everything. they sold property positions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. So they went to church together. But they broke bread. And that breaking bread, you know, just digging a little bit behind it, um, uh, clearly can mean the Lord's Supper, but it also means they had bread and cheese with fig pickles uh, uh, together. Uh, and they had, you know, some nice fig jam to go with their, with their, with their, their brie and blue cheese. Uh, so it also meant they just had snacks together and they had a bit of lunch together. Uh, and they ate together. And they had glad and happy hearts together. They had sincere hearts together. They were being honest with each other. They were having real conversations with each other. They got past the, um, uh, you know, when you, you haven't met anyone and you're coming in, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. And they got way past that. They were having sincere and open heart conversations with one another. And they were praising God. And they were enjoying the favor of all the people. They were enjoying the circumstances. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They've devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They were in a place of prayer and a posture of prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs that were going on. Miracles going off, bing, bang, bong, left, right, and center. All in a place of sacred fellowship. Now, the bit I really want to just touch on, because this is very practical and really speaks to us. In Luke 10, uh, verses 1 to 9... Uh, Jesus sends out the 72 amateurs. Uh, in Luke 9, he'd sent out the, the 12 professionals in training. 
so the 12 apostles had gone out um, in, in Luke 9, and then he, he picked the 72 nobodies, because we don't hear about them again. So this is you and me. Okay? So uh, turn to your family member and say, you're one of the 72. Okay? So this is you. This is me. We're the amateurs here. And after it, it sent the 12 out, and the Lord then appointed 72 others and sent them uh, two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. Really interesting. You go, Jesus follows. Just a free little thought uh, to there. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful, the workers of you. Ask the Lord the harvest, therefore, to send out the workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out lambs among the wolves. Don't take stuff with you. Uh, when you enter a house, first say peace to this house. So this is what I want you to start doing when we start re-engaging and meeting with it. So when we're all going around to the affinities, uh, uh, probably not all at once, but we'll, we'll put a schedule in place. So, you know, when it's our turn, when it's Sandra and I, and it's our turn to go around to see Stephen and A, we're going to go to their house and we're going to practice what it says here in Luke 10. The first thing we're going to say as we walk through their door uh, is, um, uh, actually the first thing we'll say, oh, uh, are you huggers or are we not huggers? Because we have to learn all that stuff again. Um, uh, so Steve uh, and, uh, and an A, peace to this house. That's the thing that we're going to say. Now, peace is a person called Jesus. So it's not just there's a, there's a spirit of peace who is Jesus, but there's also peace which is a gift. And so I'm going to say, my peace I give to you, but I also pray the presence of Jesus on this household. And there's a sacredness, there's an anointing on fellowship. As according to scripture, as according to the teachings of Jesus himself, these words are in red, that says, when I follow the words of Jesus and speak what is spoken, told to me to do here in scripture, something supernatural and that couldn't have happened without me doing it. There is an extra level. Stephen and A can't do this for themselves. Is the, is the principle here. Because God ordained it, we need to be in fellowship. God ordained it, you can't do it on your own. God ordained it, you can't do it just me and you. You need others because it's a sacrament that we need to be in fellowship. So there's a gifting, an extra level of anointing that comes when Sandra and I, nothing to do with Sandra and I, we're just one of the 72. We're just a bunch of the nobodies that don't appear again in the Bible. We end up at the Finnessy's house, and we walk through the door, and we can just walk through the door and say, what's on the barbecue, Steve? Excellent, we're coming. And then munch our way through the barbecue, leave, bye. That's been nice, but I just want to encourage you. There is an anointing on you to bring peace to everyone else's home. To whatever circumstance and fire and tribulation that they're going to, there's an anointing and a gifting on you to walk into Stephen and A's house and say, peace on this household and all that you care for in the name of Jesus. And then you can say, what's for, what's for lunch? What's on the barbecue? And what cremated thing do we have to eat? Now, if he says, I don't want your peace, which is basically what he says, that peace will return to you. But Steve and Anna, nice people, uh, uh, they will really welcome that. Stay there eating and drinking. Break out the spare room, please. <coughs> is probably not what it means in the modern context. I think in a, in a 
in the context of the time, because we didn't have cars back then, then it wasn't easy to sort of zip there and zip back. You couldn't get a taxi home. Uh, so you'd have to stay. So Stephen and A, please break out the spare room. Uh, or it could be we just go in there and hang for a few hours uh, and, then, and then come away, which I think is probably more what it means rather than go and eat the burger, gone. Uh, but you basically hang there for a while. Um, uh, uh, eating and drinking whatever they give you. That's the, it says here in the Bible, I have to eat your, your, your burgers. Um, uh, <clears throat> do not move around. We need, to, and basically the, what that means is we need to invest in each other's relationships. Very hard to have true s- relationships with, with a, a thousand people. You can't. You can't dit around a thousand people. I don't know what the number is, what the, the right number is, you know, is it, Six connections, is it 20 connections? It's somewhere in that sort of range where I can have invested relationships where the anointing and the blessing of God can come and bring disproportionate kingdom of heaven presence into that relationship. So I need to not just do that once. I need to do that many times. So we're coming back, affinities, uh, many times. Uh, and we can invite them to our house as well. And we can go to the pub, and we can go for walks, and we can do can get out. And when you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered. And I've, I've put this in brackets. After getting to know them, see what they need and respond. Because it then says, heal the sick, so you need to notice that they're sick. Or whatever their need is, see what the need is and respond. And then bring or tell them the kingdom of heaven has come near. So there's something that happens when we come into fellowship with each other. And I'm only speaking, this is stuff that we, you know, we, we, we know and we practiced and we lived. We just haven't done it for 18 months. Uh, and, and I just want to encourage you, there's a gap and there's a deficit in our Christian experience that we need to lean into and invest in disproportionately over these next few months. Because it's not just about renewing friendships. It's allowing the anointing and the ministry of fellowship to bless our lives and to bless one another and to learn how to do that all over again. Because as, we, as I connect, as Sandra and I connect with Stephen and A in a deeper way, then something happens the peace of heaven rests on their household in a stronger way than they can do on their own, and vice versa. There's an intimacy and a sincerity, is what it says here, an openness and a trust. And we get past how you, how, how, um, uh, uh, you know, how's this and how's that, and how are the strawberries growing in your garden and all this sort of stuff. You know, we've got past all that, and we're actually talking stuff that is real, and there's an openness of heart, and there's a fellowship of heart, and there's a deep talking to deep taking place. And we're sharing that we've got these difficulties going on in our, in our extended family, and it's really worrying us and pressing us down. And they just don't sit there and go, well, that's nice, uh, and then, uh, you know, pass me the chips. It's no, they then just take a moment in the middle of that meal and sit there and just, and, 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 and A just sits there and goes, I just want to just pray into that right now, Stu. Um, and we just pray and then we carry on eating. And there's a naturalness and a Holy Spiritness and there's a propheticness and there's a faith declarationness and there's a loveness that just comes through. Why? Because we're meeting in sincerity and we're meeting in closeness and the Holy Spirit is just firing off each other. And, the king, and what it says, and the kingdom of heaven will come down. This little bit in Luke is the answer to what Jesus teaches us to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done. In everything, when Jesus gives us a prayer, he's 
probably 90% of the answer, he expects us to do something as well. I believe this is part of the answer of how do we see kingdom come, your will be done. It's by being in fellowship together, by connecting together. Can you get that? Can you get that? There is something powerful when Christians come together with a heart to bless because the first posture of when you walk through the Finity's door is I want to bless this home with peace. And their posture to us is I'm going to bless you with Steve's burnt sausages. Uh, uh, the outworking of it may, might not be sort of gastro delight, but the heart of it is he wants to make the best sausages uh, and cook the best sausages. What's, what's your best meal that you cook, Steve? Steak. Steak it is all around at the Finity's. And it was so simple to do this. Jesus didn't give this job to the 12 um, uh, apostles, the professionals in training. He gave it to the 72 nobodies. He gave the job of your kingdom come to the 72 nobodies. And we just think, no, we can't do that. It's really hard. How, how do you make the kingdom of heaven come? Really hard. It's not. It's really, really easy. We can go and practice it with one another. And the real context of this is to do this with your neighbors. But we've got out of the habit of this, and I just want to encourage you, start practicing on your Christian friends of coming together in fellowship and seeing his kingdom come and his will be done. Now, in verse 27 of that same chapter, uh, we read this. Jesus, being full of joy after the return of the 72 and the reports of what had been happening. That was my just um, summarizing of basically. Basically, a bunch of nobodies and learners did your kingdom come bit by eating and drinking together and praying into the needs that they saw? And Jesus was utterly joyful because they got it. They absolutely got it. The kingdom of God stuff is actually quite easy. It's, I have a connection to heaven. You have a connection to heaven. And I can bring that connection to heaven to bless the finities just by turning up and eating at their house and them turning up at our house and eating at our house. It's not all about food. Food is just the description of, it's more than just a passing, how are you? We're sitting down, we're doing stuff together, we're, we're chilling, we're having uh, whatever it might be, bread and cheese, uh, uh, fish and chips, uh, uh, burnt sausages or immaculate steaks. It doesn't really matter. It's just the connecting and being together. So as and when we start to meet together, do it, and this is my encouragement, do it with an expectation of his kingdom come and his will be done. Amen? So when you're chatting with an A, or whoever your an A is, your friend, whenever you're chatting to an A, and it's just a conversation, let just the Spirit of God jump inside of you and say, this is a kingdom of God moment. This is a little moment where what she's describing isn't lining up with heaven. And you can just say, and hey, do you mind if, would you like me just to pray into that? And you don't need to be big, long prayers because you're in a place of anointing, you're in a place of sacrament, you're in a place that is sacred and, sacred and God-ordained. And he's already, when two or three gather in his name, he's already in the midst. And you could have been talking about all sorts before that, but then this little thing comes up. There's a need, and you just say, can we just pray into that need? 
And you just pray into that need, and there's a promise that Jesus makes in that Luke 10 bit, which is when that happens, the kingdom of God has come. Amen? And then God does his bit, which is whatever it might be, into that need, into that situation, that healing, that peace, uh, that rescue, whatever it might be. And that's really, I want to stop it there, actually. Church is not about buildings and coming together and singing songs. It's about connecting. It is about that, clearly. It is about ministering um, to, to God, but it's also about ministering to one another. One of the things that really marked out the early church was that closeness and connection that they had. There's, across all our different uh, locations, um, and it'll be interesting to tot up the numbers when we actually come out of uh, lockdown, how many have drifted, drifted away. But um, uh, uh, let's say there'll be 500 people. You can't get to know 500 people, but I can get to know 10 or 20. And I can, through the love of Jesus Christ, minister the kingdom of heaven to 10 or 20 people. And I can get practiced at it, and they can do that to me. And then I can do that with my uh, next-door neighbor who doesn't know Jesus at all. And I can just take those same principles and bring it to others. But I really feel we need to go through a little phase of investing in one another as Christians the principles of the kingdom of heaven coming as a blessing through one to another and really lean into that and, and sharpen up that skill and that practice that probably a lot of us used to have. Um, uh, and God wants us to get really back into that place where it is a sharp and wonderful gift in our hands. In Jesus' name. Amen.